these last few weeks we've been looking at values the values that as we move as a church into the new normal we want to use as our foundation and we've been looking at the importance of being distinctive being different last week we looked at the necessity to be responsive to the holy spirit and this week we're going to be looking at the need to be relevant to the culture and the world that we live in because actually there's no point having this lovely church building if the community out there never hears the gospel the good news about jesus christ and never understands the message that we're trying to communicate to them At the moment I'm learning a new language, I'm learning French, I've got this app on my phone that uh, every day I spend about five or ten minutes and it's slowly teaching me French. And the reason I'm learning French is because I want to go to France and be able to communicate and be understood to be able to ask for a Coca-Cola and get a Coca-Cola. I remember I went on a trip to Bulgaria with my, a couple of people from my last church. And the weird thing about Bulgaria, which is really unusual, is that that means no, and that means yes. When you nod your head, you mean yes. When you shake your head, no. When you nod your head, you mean no. When you shake your head, you mean yes. I'm confused uh, <laughs> just saying it to you. And it was really confusing in Bulgaria as well. I remember walking around uh, one of their cities there, and lots of homeless people, and the homeless people would ask you for money, and I'd shake my head to say no, and they looked very confused because actually I was saying yes. So it's really important that we are able to communicate and the way we communicate is to understand the culture that we are in and speak in a language that they understand. And I think that's what today's value that we're going to be looking at relevance is all about. It's speaking into a culture in a language that it understands. And that can be really tricky, I think, for me as a church minister to make my sermons, the way I communicate what I'm doing now, relevant. Because I am trained in a world of 2,000 plus years ago. I have books that tell me all about what life was like 2,000 years ago or even longer when we look at the nation of Israel and the Old Testament. What I haven't got lots of books on is about today's culture and what's relevant now and the language that people understand those things in their culture that they interest them and is important to them i wasn't taught that at college and i'm not taught that in my numerous books so how can we learn to be relevant as uh, the church leader henry emerson fosdyke in 1928 said only the preacher proceeds upon the idea that the folk come to church desperately anxious to discover what happened to the jebusites see people if they're going to engage if we're going to be able to communicate effectively to them we have to meet them where they're at and speak in a language that they understand see there's a story in the book of acts about Paul, the Apostle Paul. And he was waiting for some friends in Athens. It's probably a city that you've heard of, a city uh, in Greece. And uh, he finds himself looking around 
and starting to see and understand something about the culture that he found really disturbing. I'm going to read to you from Acts chapter 17 and verse 16. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see the city was full of idols. Those are statues that they worshipped. So he reasoned in the synagogue, that was a place like a church for the Jews. Uh, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happen to be there. So the first thing that Paul does, he goes off to the Jews, which was his custom. In his, on his mission trips with his friends, the first place they always stopped was at the synagogue so they could communicate the good news of Jesus Christ with the Jewish people. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 18, a group of Acurians and Stoic philosophers, so they were like Greek philosophers, began to dispute with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. Verse 19, skip a bit. Then they took him and brought him to the meeting of the Oropagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we want to know what they mean so jesus so not jesus paul uh, started off with the jews who had some sort of understanding of jesus because jesus was a jew but very quickly the ideas that paul was talking about got picked up on by the locals living in athens those philosophers that spent their all their time talking about life and what it meant and they called paul into their place of discussion to present to them what were to them, to their ears, very strange ideas. And Paul says this, verse 22, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, the idols, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. And then Paul goes on to present the good news of Jesus Christ in the context of the Jewish ideas of a God who created the worlds. And not only does Paul do that, but actually he uses language that they understand. In verse 28 it says, For in, in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So I think it's amazing, not only was Paul so well taught in terms of the Jewish scriptures, he understood his culture, but also he understood the culture of those Athenians as well, so much so he could quote one of their poets. So what was Paul's method here to be able to speak into a culture in a language that they understood? Well, first of all, he spotted a problem with the culture. He spent time in the culture, in this case Athens, he looked around, he saw issues, he saw that idol worship was a particular problem. He started where they were at, he looked at their own idols and started from that point. He didn't start from his point, he started from their point, the things that they were proud of, the way they lived their, their lives, the way they understood uh, their gods and faith and, and how that affected their culture that they were in. And then he uses their language that they understand. He uses poets. He understood the culture. He knew about it. And then he was able to speak truth into their lives. So much so that, yes, yeah, some people thought it was a load of rubbish, particularly when he's talking about resurrection of the dead, but others invited him back to speak more and actually gave their lives to Jesus Christ. So you've got a friend, uh, 
he was a associate minister of a local church uh, in Luton that I, I, was, I lived nearby. Uh, his name's John Goods and just after I moved from Luton down here he moved down to uh, Hamworthy near Poole on the south coast and he is a pioneering Baptist minister and his role was to move into that area and to start a new church. But you can't just move into an area and start a new church. What he needed to do was just like Paul stop and look around and see what the problem is. And what he did, he came down, it's right by the coast, it's surrounded by water pretty much, and he saw there was lots of people who had boats and water sports equipment sitting around not being used. And there was a load of people that lived in the area but couldn't afford to access that equipment so they could get out on the water. So John set up a water sports library where he got people to donate water sports equipment and then people joined the library at a small fee and were able to access uh, to, to loan those, those equipment and go out on the water. He saw a problem in the culture and he addressed it. He addressed the needs but it was much more than that. On one particular occasion he took a few people, Christians but also non-Christians as well, out onto the water on paddle boards and he took them over to a small island and he started to talk to them about peace, about God's peace, because he realised that many of them were struggling to find peace and the busyness and the stresses of modern day life. And then he started to talk to them about God's peace, shalom, about God wanting to bring completeness to every aspect of culture and life, to start to take those muddled up pieces of the jigsaw and put them back together again. And then he took those people out back on their paddle boards and he just got them to sit on their paddle boards in the, in the water, in the sea, and do some centering prayer where they just focused on listening to God and focusing on what they thought and understood about God. See, John wasn't preaching at them in the traditional sense. He wasn't on a street corner shouting the good news of Jesus Christ. He went and met these people he listened to them, he saw their problems, not just the superficial problems of a water sports library that could, would solve, but actually the problems deep within them. And he used that water sports library to build relationships and to communicate something of God and encourage others to really engage with their Heavenly Father. See, I believe we as a church need to be relevant we need our preaching to be relevant. We need our preaching to be useful and helpful to Christian and non-Christian alike. It needs to be preaching and teaching that addresses the needs and the wants within our community, not just history about stuff that happened 2000 plus years ago. Because the Bible speaks into today's culture. It's as relevant now as it was all those years ago. God wants to speak truth and bring hope into the lives of people today. So we need to really listen to culture. We need to look around and see what are the problems and the difficulties on the estate that I can see now before me. We need to speak in a language that people understand. We need to speak in words that make sense, not with Christianese. There's so many Christian words that we use without thinking that people just don't understand because maybe they've never been in a church. Maybe we need to 
if we use those words like redemption and justification, I mean, to actually explain what they mean, because they're powerfully rich words, but unless we know what they mean, they're pointless. But we need to be more, so much more than that. See, I'm talking to you sitting outside the church building. Because if we're going to be as relevant as we possibly can, then we need to move into this space around us rather than expecting people to come to the alien place, which is a church building. So where do you come in to this? Because this isn't just about me preaching sermons. The church is you. So where do you step in? You may not be starting up a water sports library. But what John Good found when he left working for an established church and started to move into Hamworthy to start a new church, what he found was those passions and those hobbies that he had around water sports was a point of contact with his community. It was a point of where they could start to build some relationships, where he could start to bring God into the community that he resided within. And that's a starting point for you and it's a starting point for me as well. See, God wants to take those things that you are passionate about, those things that interest you, and use that as a touch point to bring kingdom values into the secular community out there. For you, it might be knitting or it might be golf. It might be a passion for Russian literature, I don't know. There's so many things that you lot are passionate about and God wants to use those for his kingdom. This isn't just about you serving teas and coffees in church. Not many people are passionate about serving teas and coffees. So what are you passionate about and are you willing to give those over to God? Because that is where you will be relevant. That is where you are going to be speaking a language that culture understands and as last week we were talking about you being responsive to God's Spirit within you it's when you allow Jesus into your hearts when you become responsive to his Holy Spirit and when you give over those things you are passionate about that God can really start to bear some fruits in your life some good fruit and bring about real positive change that is when the church becomes truly relevant when you come alongside on an equal level playing field with people who are unchurched, share your lives, share your passions, demonstrate something of God's kingdom and start to speak God's values into their secular values. That's the way we, as Holy Baptist Church, as a church of Jesus Christ, start to be truly relevant to this world that we live in.